Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. It's very true that we got our start on a college campus at Drexel in Philadelphia. Started there with kind of one fulfillment center, but since then, have grown a lot. One other thing we have that's unique and we're building partnerships around is the ability to actually do sampling, which because we can physically put goods in into people's orders, it allows for kind of a really new kind of additional sort of trial marketing solution that a lot of other retail media networks can't offer. So that's an example of how we're going to kind of take this sort of traditional core of retail media and start to build other marketing services around it. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Rachel, you are sitting at the intersection of my past and present, both social and commerce. I can't say there are a lot of people that straddle both or move from one to another. And if they do, I will not mention their names. Of course not. It's like you. I was ahead of my time and then the market freaking arrived and it's here to stay every single day. I think there were like three announcements this week. You see the major social platforms continue to make investments in e-com. And you see brand manufacturers get behind it. The budgeting part is also kind of interesting about who gets the funding. Is it the marketing department? Is it the sales department? Is it e-com? You must be talking to like a gazillion stakeholders at McMac. I am, which doesn't make our job any easier. But I think it's a sign of the times. And once social commerce really has a line item in the P&L, it'll have a home and it'll be much easier for companies like McMac to navigate corporate America. As they say in Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. It's true. I remember when we used to talk during the time that you were at The Gap and I was at 360i talking about the ROIs of seeing a social ad and actually buying in store. And people were like, oh, you can't connect the dots. And now it's just like universally accepted thanks to companies like Micmac. But that was not a thing before. No, it's true. And it's not just Micmac. It's also the industry becoming more open. I would say that everyone seems to understand that data is their most valuable asset and that we all operate in an ecosystem. It can't be completely disconnected. I do believe that the retailers or the intermediaries that will struggle are the ones that are going to be more cagey with their data, which we're starting to see. There are certain players that are really trying to be full-walled gardens, and there are others that are being much more open. Like Walmart and Target, they're pretty open with their data. And 
some of the changes that they're making in the ecosystem? It remains to be seen as to who's going to charge for it, who's not, because it could be semi-walled garden. It could be like a toll on a highway, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. Then there's new emerging players like GoPuff. And I think that every single time someone enters the market, it puts a new type of pressure on what might be considered the gold standard. Their most recent funding was what, like two and a half billion? Yeah, I think they raised 1.15 billion at like a $9 billion valuation, which is just more valuable than so many publicly traded companies. Well, I guess that might explain why Daniel Slotweiner, who spent almost 10 years at Facebook, moved over to GoPuff to help build their ad platform. Because with valuation like that, there must be a hell of a lot of opportunity because GoPuff is in fuego. Well, like you and Daniel said, follow the data and the money will be living there. And so if we look at your career from Comscore to everything that you did in social to now e-com, it seems like Daniel is following your moves as well. I think that's the way he plotted out his career. I'm sure that's exactly what we're going to hear. I'm just going to follow whatever Sarah's doing. No, he's just following the data. Let's have him on and have a talk. Daniel, how far do we go back? I, I know we met on an airplane. I recall meeting on an airplane coming back from Canada. I was like, before I open up my laptop, who am I sitting next to? Is it a competitor? <laughs> and it turns out it was a partner. It was kind of cool. That's always the vibe on a can play. I even shared my charger with you. You did. And that was the beginning of a very healthy partnership that extended. I mean, this must have been close to 10 years ago. I think it was about 10 years. Yeah, it has to be. So I was a 360i. You were at Facebook. Um, we worked together through that. We even worked together when I was at Comscore. And then I moved over to e-commerce. And here you are. Welcome to the fun side. Thanks so much. It was really great to be here. Thanks for having me. So help me understand, like GoPuff's a big change from Facebook. Why the move to e-com and specifically to GoPuff? That's a great question. I left Facebook with not a plan, to put it mildly. My goal was to take some time off and then find something interesting. So I was looking for a place that had a really unique business model, that had a startup kind of culture. And I've always, as you know, followed the data. It's kind of my version of follow the money. And so quite accidental that someone I knew had gone to GoPuff and, and I had not heard of them. But the more and more I learned about GoPuff and their unique positioning and, and business model, the fact that they own the whole supply chain, they own their own fulfillment centers, they have relationships with brands, got me more and more hooked. And as I thought about the implications for data and building an ads business, it became pretty compelling pretty quickly. I don't think people actually realize that, or maybe it was just my ignorance previously, that you guys do own the whole soup to nuts and that you're not an intermediary. So mm -hmm. can you just put a finer point on that for our audience? That's exactly right. So GoPuff owns fulfillment centers. We provide everyday immediate needs really quickly to consumers. And the way that we can do that is by having relationships directly with brands, making sure that the assortment is in our, in our control, if you will, and that we can sort of tightly serve customers in really quick ways. And so to do that, we feel you really need to have the kind of end-to-end -end control of the process to deliver on that, on that value prop. And that's why we can bring things to them really quickly in a wide assortment of skews everything from OTC to baby care to drinks and alcohol and liquor. All at the same time, baby care and liquor. That sounds like my, my daughter's first year. Exactly. Right. Beer and diapers. I think I can handle this. I just might need a beer. I have the munchies. Get me some Hot Pockets, Ben and Jerry's and vitamin water for the next day. When I think go pop, like that was my instinct. But you're saying it's like way more than that. 
Yeah. It reminds me of when I went to Facebook. Everyone asked me why I was going to a college website. It's very true that we got our start on a college campus at Drexel in Philadelphia. Started there with kind of one fulfillment center. But since then, have grown a lot, not just geographically, but we now have over 400 sites across the country. We serve some 650 cities. And like I said, the, the product is is, is really broad. I think your move to GoPuff was brilliant. I tried to get in the Series B in 2017 and was denied. You know, in terms of a customer acquisition strategy, initially going after college campuses was brilliant. I mean, it's how Bumble also drove their customer acquisition strategy. So now you're at GoPuff. Not only is last mile delivery all the rage, but so is retail media. And curious how GoPuff is is thinking about potentially further building out its retail media platform, given all the other moves that are happening in the ecosystem. I'm here today in part because we are just launching our self-serve ad platform, GoPuff Ad Solutions. We have been working closely with several partners, brands like PepsiCo, Mars Wrigley, Kraft, to run ads on our site. But now we're opening up that platform to to the public, if you will. So our plan is to kind of build on on that model, but really meet brands where they are. I've learned in my past experience, like, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to make it hard to get into retail media. They're sort of pretty standard types of units that people are used to buying, certainly like sponsored products and search. Those are the main ones. And so offering that in app is where we're starting. That leverages the intent signals and the activity in our app really directly. And that's where our, our core value starts. Over time, you know, we certainly want to kind of work our way up the funnel. But one other thing we have that's unique and we're building partnerships around is the ability to actually do sampling, which because we can physically put goods into people's orders, it allows for kind of a really new kind of additional sort of trial marketing solution that a lot of other retail media networks can't offer. So that's an example of how we're going to kind of take this sort of traditional core of retail media and start to build other marketing services around it that sort of build on our unique model. Well, first, congratulations. That's awesome. And the sampling, you know, Sarah and I have had so many people on the show who literally talked about how sampling has become so challenging in the pandemic when people aren't going into stores. So it seems like a major opportunity. In terms of working with the broader ecosystem, with launching the self-serve platform, like are you guys going to be making an API available? Are there going to be partnerships with the big agency holding companies? How are you thinking about that? I should have mentioned we are doing this with a partner called Citrus Ad. And so we certainly are trying to directly plug into the ecosystem very, very easily. And so there's a, actually quite a few brands that are already using that platform. We also have partnerships with a couple other platforms. So yeah, our strategy is to, like I said, make it extremely easy to buy GoPuff ads, not kind of force people through one, one buying option. One of the challenges I think that brands are having right now as they're thinking about budget shifting and retailer focus is where and how do I make sense of all of this? Where and how do I keep my focus? And so often they go to fewer, bigger, better. And you guys are a combination of a bright, shiny object, but also a very good product market fit. So how do you break through the clutter? Like, how are, you, how are you getting these great conversations with PepsiCo and Kraft and Mars Wrigley and the like? So one thing we haven't talked about, which is important here, and is one of the things we're leveraging, is that we have relationships with these brands through the merchandising team and our supply chain. And so, you know, while the ads business is very new and nascent, we actually have some existing relationships there. And, and those are 
those help us kind of start to bridge the uh, their organizations and, and get to the right people. But to be honest, there's, as you said, huge interest in this sort of last mile uh, part of e-commerce. And so it's not hard to get a, initial conversations because everybody wants to understand how this is going to play out and, and build over the next few years. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of leaning in from brands because they understand this is the time that this is the time they can learn. They can start to get really good at marketing in this way. And they want to innovate around sort of bringing their retail trade dollars together with their ad dollars. Words like omni-channel and full funnel have been around for quite a while. And I think they see this as one of the places where it's coming together. So in terms of, even though it may not yet be hitting the sort of, you know, scale at which, at which they need to kind of really trade off some of their bigger budgets, there's a lot to be done on the innovation side now. And that's where we're seeing the most kind of traction. Although I should point out that for the brands that haven't engaged, they're seeing, you know, real business results. The ROIs are strong. We expect that to continue. We talked about this earlier in terms of the origins of the company. Are the core customers still like 20 somethings? Or can you talk more about the demographics of GoPuff and where you guys are heading? First thing to remember is the company is growing tremendously. I mean, I think every year that it's been in business, it's tripled in, in growth. And, and that's continued in this past year. Um, and, and where we're seeing the biggest parts of growth, you, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it sort of the customer base. And we're certainly seeing that growth in sort of, I think the fastest growing demographic on the platform is people age 35 and older. Um, but we also see it in certain product categories like pet care and <laughs> baby products. So I think that's an indication actually better than demographics of kind of how the, where we're sort of starting to see growth. Um, other things like OTC medications are, are another example. So the growth is broad. Hopefully we're maintaining that for younger demographic as we go. And we think we are. One of the things that we've been hearing a lot about, you follow the data. I think I, I ended up doing that too, inadvertently now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Why are you surprised? It's a very good strategy. Yes. Um, well, follow the data and you get to the ROI. I think that's a really good way of making sure that you're not expendable because if you can prove that you actually drive ROI, there's a pretty good reason to keep you around. But one thing that that is becoming more scrutinized is how much data you can get out of your partners in order to do so. And in fact, we're starting to hear that there are a lot of retailers that are going to be starting to sell their data and as an additional revenue stream. As somebody who has been working in the data space for so long, like what's your point of view on that? You know, like I said, we, we've launched this self-serve platform. We are building an ads business. And of course, like that is one way to leverage data and to make it available, right? So the more that we use our intent signal on behalf of marketers, we're certainly using data to their benefit. And with that comes a, a fair amount of insights. And so, you know, we're building out sort of the reporting and the insights that we can offer, but we already are offering, you know, pretty standard reporting on, you know, that you'd expect from a typical campaign. In the retail space, I think there's a lot of considerations that there aren't necessarily for other types of ads. You want to understand things like the share of voice you have within a platform. You want to understand the share of your products that are getting moved versus your competitors. And so figuring out how we can help brands understand those dynamics is, is very important because we think a lot of the value they're going to see in, in our ads products is there as opposed to maybe generating awareness broadly or um, things like that. Now, not taking awareness off the table because I think we will be able to have some compelling solutions there. 
But the point is, they might not always be looking for straight up incremental sales. They may just be looking to defend their position within a platform, for instance. And so making sure they understand where they rank and things like that um, is certainly in, in things we want to consider. I think that makes sense. With that in mind, though, I think there's the how do you make sure your brand is discoverable? And I think, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the awareness play, but there's also other data sets like basket analysis and understanding, like just putting yourself in the shopper's shoes and getting a better line of sight into that. Like, where does that sit? Yeah. So I think we want to build sort of a more robust insights offering for sure and help them understand like what is, what impact are they having on basket size? What other products are bought alongside their products? Things like that. You know, I wouldn't call that selling data um, because I don't I don't envision us necessarily offering that for a fee, right? That's what comes with partnering typically with the marketing platform like ours. So figuring out exactly how we do that, of course, like, you know, that's going to take a little while, but realizing that there's sort of a data poor environment for a lot of brands, particularly with visibility into the retail space, you know, we think we have an obligation to help here. And I'll say, you know, this is how just to understand our own business, to improve our own assortment, to serve our own customers. These are exactly the kinds of things we need to know. So, you know, it's not necessarily something we have to just build for brands. We have to build this expertise and understanding for, for ourselves as well. A lot of the the data and the analysis that you and Sarah were just discussing, historically, a CPG brand manufacturer would turn to someone like a Nielsen or an IRI or a Dahumbi to to understand that. Is GoPuff going to be playing with those traditional partners in the future? So a lot of my backgrounds in measurement, when I was at Facebook, I worked on a lot of the partnerships with the ecosystem, particularly the ones with Nielsen and Datalogics Oracle. And, you know, I think those are really important capabilities that brands need to have eventually. So, you know, we're not at the stage where I think that, you know, where we're doing anything actively in this area, but the idea of sort of partnering to build better measurement solutions for the industry to me is, an, is a no-brainer when the time comes. I do think we have some, like I said, unique data that can help these systems. It's a part of the strategy we'll have to explore. We're not there yet, to be honest. <laughs> we just launched ourselves our ad platform. We're growing that business. Um, we're really focused on growing the growing our own footprint and capabilities. And so it's just not, you know, it's just not something we we could prioritize at the moment. But philosophically, it's an important way to build build a kind of ecosystem that will work for, for GoPub, but also for the for the entire kind of retail media network space. And I should add, we really see kind of our ad solutions coming together with, you know, shoppable experiences in a lot of places, including TV and, and other apps. And so as you start to do that, the only way to really understand the value you're providing and help brands make decisions is to sort of plug into cross cross media, cross platform capabilities. Uh, and those are just simply things you can't you can't build on your own. By definition, you have to do those in partnership. And so, you know, we're gonna have to go that route at some point. I, I just don't know exactly when or how that would look. Rachel, it's your signature move. Go for it. (laughs) We're just here to speed up your product roadmap. On that note, Sarah, I think it's time to ask the most important question. Daniel, what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Leaving Facebook without a plan. I quit. My wife and I pulled our kids out of school and we went to travel for a year and homeschooled them. You know, had we known we were going to run into the pandemic and that one year would turn into two years, we might not have been so brave. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, I guess I'll have to go with that. We should all be this brave. Where did you guys go on this world trip? Asia and South America. Oh, amazing. I recommend it in retrospect. Well, hopefully your kids realize how brave you were and are. And thank you so much for potentially giving us this exclusive on GoPuff's media platform. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this, this was super. And just on behalf of the commerce community, I am so thrilled that you are a part of it. It's great to have really bright minds connecting the dots here. So thank you very much. No, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Hopefully we'll keep it going. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.